Tonight here at Ground Zero Meetings, we're going to continue letting Jesus into the hard places in our hearts, and we're going to talk about confession. When we hear that word, typically we think of Catholicism and little rooms and priests and telling all of dirty little secrets. But in reality, you know, if we're not talking to Jesus about the areas that we struggle with, that we're handling it our way, which usually doesn't end up coming out in the best ways. You know, we have shortcomings and areas of bitterness or resentment in our heart. There's areas of sin that we're still trying to manage rather than real repentance and turning from. You know, so when we confess our sins, we're asking Jesus to come and and set us free of those things. You know, if we're hanging on to sin, you know, we continue to, to allow condemnation in because we know we're not supposed to be doing certain things, but yet we still do. It's nearly impossible to obey God's direction if we're trying to hang on to something that he's asking us to let go of. So when we confess these things, you know, there's a a breaking of connection with said sin or, or bitterness, shortcoming, and that the guilt is then lifted because we're finally facing the truth that the pain begins to to cease and it eases. And so often why we struggle with confession is because it's always someone else's fault. You know, things that I've learned through the years is that I struggled with pity and I struggled with blaming others. And no matter how much I try to to feel sorry for myself, and no matter how much I try to blame others, I've learned that it really gets me nowhere in life. I've come to the terms that it's almost like getting on a hamster wheel and and running and running and running and running and running and and wasting a lot of energy, wasting a lot of mental capacity. And in reality, I... I don't find myself moving any further down the road in my life or in recovery or relationship with Jesus. And one thing that I've learned is that as long as I'm still blaming someone for some area of my life, I can't come to terms with my part in that area. So I can't really repent and I can't really find Jesus. You know, and this is how we really come to start accepting God into our lives is that we have to come clean and admit the areas that we're, we've fallen short, you know, that we technically are all guilty as charged, right? You know, the wages of sin is death, you know, and Jesus took upon himself, you know, our sentence that he allowed himself to be, you know, crucified so that we could have freedom, you know, that We have to own up to our side of that equation. You know, Proverbs 28, 13 says, He who conceals his sins does not not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces finds mercy. You know, and so often our sins have created this barrier between us and God. Now, it doesn't mean that I don't believe in him. It doesn't mean that I don't 
believe that he's the one and only God. It just means that if I am continuing to sin, even though he's asked me not to, or I've read in the word, or you know, I've come to the understanding that certain sins are not the way that I want to live, and I continue to do them, I'm distancing myself from him. It's harder to get into his presence. It's harder to get into his word. It's harder to pray. It's harder to worship because I know that if I take that step, I'm going to have to feel the guilt of said sin. And the more that I continue to sin in a certain way, that I am almost like putting more bricks into the wall, putting something between me and God. And it's only until I repent that he busts through the wall. I don't even have to take down all the different sins that I do. I have to repent, and he meets me in that place. You know, and it's how we confess to God, you know, that begins this process. You know, some of us have some pretty deep, dark things from our childhood or from our lives, and to think that we got to share all those things with people is very scary. You know, I always try to encourage people to start the process with Jesus in the privacy of their own home, you know, where no one else is around to hear what they're, you know, confessing, you know, and asking for Jesus to meet them in that place, asking for forgiveness, asking for strength, asking for healing, whatever it is that they need. And then after they've done that for a time or a season, that they really begin to recognize the people that God has been putting in their lives as people that can be trusted and that, you know, if they allow them to come close, then you can confess those sins to a person. If not, you know, there's Pastor Judy, who is a counselor through the church, or there's other pastors or men or women of God that we've come to know that would be willing to help us in this area of our lives where we're struggling. James 5.16 says that we confess our sins to one another and pray for each other so that we may be healed. You know, that it's important that we have people. So often we've told the wrong people in our past about our dirt secrets. And it comes back to bite us because they've gossiped about us or told people or, you know, distanced themselves from us. And and it makes it harder, harder for us to trust the people that are in our lives now because we've been betrayed by people in the past. However, I think that it's important that as we're growing in our relationship with God, that we start to recognize that there's other people heading in the same direction as we are, and that we come to to grow in relationship with them. You know, and through time and through prayer, we start to recognize the promptings of the Holy Spirit to, to guide us to people to begin to confess certain things because we can't just do it all on our own. We need accountability. You know, so often, you know, we're, we're trying to move forward in our lives, but we're staring in the rear of a mirror, you know, and we're trying to move forward, but we're walking backwards, you know, that we're, we're facing the wrong direction because we're, we're hanging on to all this stuff that's in our past. And we wonder why we keep tripping and making wrong decisions and end up in places that we don't want to be or ending up in that place again. How did I end up here again? You know, I don't know how many times I kept telling myself that as a younger man. Like, why am I here again? Why am I here again? I thought I dealt with this. I thought I dealt with this. You know, I don't understand. 
And it's because I'm constantly hanging on to my past and not allowing Jesus to set me free of it so that I can begin to walk forward with my eyes on him. And then he guides me through this crazy thing called life. And I stop jumping in all the potholes that I'm so prone to to dipping myself into. You know, and as long as we keep looking back, we're always second guessing ourselves. You know, and it's hard for us to trust God if we're hanging on to all these things because we're almost afraid to come to him because, you know, you're going to yell at me like my parents would or you're going to scold me or you're going to punish me. You know, and what Jesus is really telling us through Romans 8 is that there is no condemnation for those who live in union with Christ, that the blood of Jesus has washed our sins away. You know, and I think most of us believe that on a surface level. You know, but for us to really allow Jesus into the darkest areas of our past and believe that those sins can get wiped out is that we have to look at that from God's perspective and not our perspective. Because I don't know how hard it was for you, but I know it was hard for me in the, in the beginning to really believe that Jesus was going to forgive me of certain sins. Because I did not understand the word. I did not know the word. I obviously did not know Jesus. And I was trying to convince people that were trying to convince me that you know all I have to do is confess my sins and repent and that he'll heal me and set me free. And I'm like, no, that's not how this works. You know, I was convinced that I had to prove it to God that I was going to be different this time. And being stubborn, you know, I I did it my way for a while. You know, and I'm grateful that I finally got to the place where I was ready to let the pain go and I let him in and, and started to receive his mercy and grace. You know, in Romans 3, 23 and 24, it says all have sinned. Yet God declares us not guilty. If we put our trust in Jesus Christ, who freely takes away our sins. But see, here's this tricky part for me. Can I say that I trust Jesus when I have areas in my life that I won't let him into? That I'm still doing what I want to do in this area, but I want to say I trust him in this area, and yet he's asking me to let go of this area but I don't want to let go of this area because I still want to do this area. So can I really say that I have union with him and I trust him if I'm not letting him in to this area? You know, and each one of us has to come to our own conclusion with that. You know, that there's the saying that if Jesus is not the Lord of all, then he's not the Lord at all. You know, and people have different opinions about that. and But I, I believe that as long as I'm suppressing or denying or living a secret life or having an area of my life that I know that Jesus doesn't approve of, that I know it's sin, and I'm still operating in that area, that I'm not letting Jesus be the Lord of my life because I'm still in control of certain areas of my life. And therefore, I find myself getting myself in in deeper and darker places. In reality, is I'm a broken sinner and I need Jesus. And I need to face the truth that I can't do this my way. You know, that I can't follow Jesus and follow Tom at the same time. You know, I have to choose. You know, there's a fork in the road. You know, he tells us that the, to follow him, that that, that, that gate is narrow. 
you know, and to get through that gate, there's many things that are going to have to get stripped off of our lives. But the gate is wide going in the other direction. You know, so often that that going in the other direction seems so easy and following Jesus seems so hard. In reality, I think that it is sometimes because a lot of times we're trying to do it without him. You know, that our burdens are not easy. Our burdens are not light because we're trying to do what we know to be right our way for Jesus, but yet we're not in communion with him asking for our his strength. We're not abiding in him that we're just doing it our way because we know what's right and what's wrong because we have enough religion, but we're not being led by the Spirit and filled by His presence. So it's harder to do the right thing all the time, and it makes it easier for us to turn from our righteousness back into our wickedness. You know, But a lot of times the reason that it's so hard to move forward is that we got all this stuff that we're dragging behind us that we don't really want to let go of. You know, I've been doing this a while now, and once in a while everyone comes along and they're, you know, someone's really getting touched by the Holy Spirit. Their life is changing. And then they try to grab a hold of a friend or an ex or, you know, a spouse, and they're like, you're going to do this too. And they try to drag them in, and they don't want anything to do with it. But they're coming because they'll get in trouble if they don't. You know, and soon enough that person drags them back out again. You know, because we have to come to Jesus like this. We surrender and say, I'm coming. You know, and if we're trying to hang on to something, and he's saying, let go of it and trust me, it could be a job, it could be education, it could be school, it could be a past sin, it could be a variety of different things, but he's saying, trust me in that area. And we're not letting go of it. You know, and... On top of that, you know, there's the saying that we're only as sick as our secrets. There's a lot of times that we have these areas in our past that it's just under the blood. It's under the blood. It's been dealt with. It's under the blood. I'm a new creation. It's under the blood. But yet, why am I thinking about it all the time? Why am I affected by it all the time? You know, and it doesn't mean that we haven't tried to confess it. It doesn't mean that we haven't tried to repent of it. But have we honestly surrendered it? Because I think there's a difference. I think until I lay that thing at Jesus' feet and let go and believe that the blood of Jesus is covering that area, that I'm still trying to manage it on some level. You know, and I think that it's important that we, we bring our darkest secrets to Jesus first and foremost because he gets in there. You know, the word says that he, it's like a sword that pierces between the bone and the marrow. And he begins to get in there and divide between pain and shame. You know, I think that sometimes when we have conviction, it's painful because we have to let go of something. We have to turn from something. We have to deny ourselves. We have to deny our flesh. And that is not a lot of fun. But I also believe that his truth gets in there and he begins to separate it from the shame that we have felt because we've done certain things or certain things have been done to us. And we begin to base the direction of our lives on truth. You know, the truth of Jesus Christ that we find in the Word of God, not our feelings. How many times have we let our feelings do the the direction picking, you know, and we believe in Jesus, but yet I feel or I want, and it leads us back in the wrong direction. You know, pain is inevitable for all of us, but misery is optional. You know, and that 
is difficult. Because sometimes following Jesus, it seems like it's overwhelmingly painful. But I think for me, that it was painful because I wasn't letting go of the areas that he was asking me to let go of. You know, I had an ex-girlfriend that I was believing that God was going to bring back to me. And because I wouldn't let go of it, I was miserable all the time because I wasn't getting my will accomplished. I wasn't getting what I wanted. You know, and it took some time for me to come to the conclusion that that's not really what I want anymore. And I wanted more Jesus. You know, in Psalms 32, 3 through 5, it says, There was a time when I wouldn't admit that I was a sinner, but I was. But my dishonesty made me miserable and it filled my days with frustration. My strength evaporated like water on a sunny day until I finally admitted all my sins to you and you stopped trying to hide them. Or I stopped trying to hide them. I said to myself that I will confess them to the Lord. And you forgave me. All my guilt was gone. You know, and I think that it's important that we we come before Jesus. You know, and most of us in here have, have confessed at some time or repented at some time. But I personally think that it's something that I have to do regularly. You know, that I sin every day. You know, do I repent and confess every day? No, I don't. Maybe I should. But I do believe that if I am not connecting to God and I'm not allowing people into my life on some level to know what I'm struggling with, then I think that I can do it my way and I end up in places that I shouldn't be. You know, and I watch over and over and over again as people try to hide sin and it leads them away from Jesus. As much as they say it's not going to, it does every single time, you know, and, you know, I've learned through the years watching many people make the same mistakes that I choose not to make them. Why? Because the fruit of said decisions always end up in bad places. It does not mean that I can't make that same mistake because I definitely can and I have in the past, but I'm choosing today to stay closer to Jesus. And how I do that is I talk to him on a regular basis of how much that I'm still a wretch and I'm saved by grace, not anything that I can say that in my righteousness or in my works, you know, that I believe that there's things that I do that serve the Lord, that he puts me in places that he produces good. But if it was left up to me and doing things my way, that I would find myself right back in destruction once again. I'm convinced 100% of the time that I will destroy everything I touch if I, if I push Tom's will upon anything. You know, and I try to do it my way, and I don't sit still, and I don't trust the Lord, and I don't turn things over, and I don't talk to Jesus, and I don't talk to other believers about the areas that I'm struggling in. You know, I almost, in a sense, I'm a cheater. You know, I have people that live with me that help me to stay accountable. And I stand up before you every week and tell you how much I suck at this stuff called Christianity. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to, to really be as transparent as possible and say, like, you know, I struggle with these things too. You know, and not everybody's going to stand in front of a room full of people and, and throw themselves under the bus. But I believe that Jesus called me to radical transparency, you know, right from the get-go. You know, and I've been trying to be as transparent as possible and try to be as practical as possible and yet believe supernaturally that I can't change myself, that it's only the power of the Holy Spirit that comes in in the midst of it, in the nick of time that changes certain situations. 
you know, but I also believe that the man that I once was has been transformed into a new man, and it's not anything that I can do. It's all through the power of God. It's through His grace, through faith, that I have been changed. But in my wretchedness, I can find myself in dark corners once again very easily. You know, and I have to to come to the conclusion that I can't blame anyone else when I make bad decisions. You know, most of us know enough truth that we should be able to stay out of trouble pretty easily, but yet we find ourselves in it. You know, truth is, is that we can't find peace or serenity if we continue to blame others. You know, and we have to come before Jesus and be honest and say, Lord, this is the area that I'm struggling. This is the area that I'm falling short. This is the area that I need you the most. You know, and it's when it's only then that our secrets aren't isolating us anymore from other people or from him. Because so often it's hard to come to him if we we know that there's areas that I'm struggling in and I don't want to let go of them. And it prevents intimacy. You know, and it, it's hard. You know, I, I'm not saying that some of this stuff is easy, because it's not. Because changing certain areas of our life that we find enjoyable, that if we really, to be honest, that they are sinful, you know, it's very difficult for some of us to let go of those things. Because Jesus wants us to be happy. And I have yet to find that verse. You know, my Jesus is a gentleman, you know, well, my Jesus might whip you. You know, I don't know. We might have different Jesuses, but you know, if I'm sinning in the Lord's house and I'm pretending that it's not a big deal, I might get a rebuke from big guns upstairs. You know, and I've learned that He afflicts the ones He loves. He doesn't want me to continue in a lifestyle of sin. You know, and if I say I don't have sin, then I'm a fool. You know, that there's scriptures in the, in the Word of God that hold us fast to His will if we allow them to direct our steps. Or we negate them, and I should be able to do whatever I want because God is love and God is merciful, and what do you do? Here I go. You know, and it's a different mindset of who Jesus is to you. You know, and I think that it's so important that each one of us is growing in our own personal relationship, and we have to define that. Who's Jesus to you? Who's Jesus to me? Because the Jesus that I believe in is going to de- dictate where I head in my life. You know, if I'm only waiting to hear from, you know, a pastor preach about Jesus and that's the only Jesus I really get, you know, I can be very confused about Jesus. If I'm only listening to internet teachers, if I'm only listening to the pastors on Sundays, you know, I'm only getting a a partial relationship. I'm only visiting Jesus an hour here, an hour there. You know, I have to be in my word. I have to be in a relationship with him. I have to spend time in worship. I have to put down my selfish desires and, and, and put him first in sometimes that it guides me into a different direction. You know, I have to start accepting God's forgiveness. And sometimes we struggle with that. You know, I don't believe that I should be forgiven or I don't believe that I can be forgiven. You know, but I have to get into the word of God and what's the word of God say? You know, that he will forgive me if I confess my sins. You know, if I repent of my sins, then he is faithful to forgive me. You know, we see ourselves and our actions in a new light when we begin to see ourselves from his perspective and not our own. You know, and so often I've looked at myself through my perspective. You know, that I'm no good and I'm, you know, life is going to suck and I'm never going to 
have this or that because I don't deserve it. And, you know, this is the way that my life's always going to be because, you know, I was dealt this, you know, poor hand of cards and it's just fate. But when I come to Jesus and I believe that I, you know, I'm loved by him and I believe that he, you know, has sacrificed himself for me personally, not just all of the world, but I have to accept that his work on the cross was for me. You know, that it makes it personal for me. And when it makes it personal for me, and I begin to read my word, I begin to see things differently. You know, before I ever read the Bible, I viewed God a certain way. You know, he was angry and vengeful and trying to send everybody to hell, and religion was trying to get everybody's money. And But after I got into my word, I started to see, you know, who Jesus really was and the purity of his words and the how piercing they were, you know, and how convicting they were, you know, that it, it started to change me in areas that no one has ever been able to change, that I have not been able to change, that his words were giving me new life, that they were encouraging me and changing me and transforming me and renewing my mind and healing the way that I thought and healing the way that I felt about people and, and myself and God. You know, that, you know, there's this humility that begins to come over us as we begin to listen to his word or begin to apply his word because we know that in my prideful thinking that I can do things my way, I've found nothing but destruction. You know, in Second Corinthians 5.19, it says, For God was in Christ, restoring the world to himself, no longer counting men's sins against them, but blotting them out. You know, that... You know, God is looking down upon us. And it's almost like Jesus is our big brother standing between us and God. And he sees us through the lens of his blood. And that we're covered in the, in the blood of Jesus. So God sees us in the righteousness of Christ. And that we're justified in his eyes because of what Christ has done for us. That he's restoring us to himself. That he's changing our destinies, you know, because once upon a time as we were dead in our trespasses, that we were heading in the wrong direction and that we were enemies of God. And we came in at the nick of time and started to change our lives. And see, I believe that confession is how that we begin to heal, that there's reconciliation, there's a restoration, that his grace uplifts us that Jesus loves us in spite of the sins that we've committed, in spite of ourselves. 1 John 1.9 reminds us that if we confess our sins, that he is, will forgive us of our sins. But we can trust God to do what is right, that he will cleanse us of all wrongs or all unrighteousness that we've done. And each one of us has done unrighteous things. Each one of us has committed sins against our brothers and sisters. Each one of us has fallen short of the glory of God. Each one of us that in our attempts to, to do the right things that we've, you know, fallen way short, you know, that our righteousness is like filthy rags, you know. And it's hard for us to, to accept that sometimes, that I'm trying to behave, I'm trying to be good. But in reality, you know, so often I make selfish decisions, that I put myself above other people. You know, because I want my will accomplished or I want things my way. 
where I've come to, to come into relationship with Jesus and he's guiding me to do things his way and not my way. He's, he's guiding me to trust his timing and not my timing. He's, he's guiding me to let go of things that I want to hang on to. You know, and I think that this is an important piece to our puzzle that we, we need to have this deep, intimate relationship and an understanding that I'm a wretch saved by grace, that he holds my wretchedness and my righteousness. You know, and he transforms me. That I'm not the same sinner that I once was. I don't sin in the same ways, but I, yet I still sin. You know, I don't, I'm not tempted to do certain things that I once did on a daily basis. You know, and that's all to God's grace. You know, I never thought that my mind would be as healed as it is, and it still needs more healing. You know, I still need to get out of my own way sometimes. I still need to, to trust Jesus sometimes. I still need to obey Jesus sometimes. I still need to repent of sin sometimes. Why? Because I'm a sinner. I'm human. My heart is an idol maker. You know, but I believe that if I confess my sins to God and to someone that I trust, that that through God's grace of repentance of sin and through the prayers of a brother or sister in the Lord, that healing can begin to occur. Amen. Would you just fire your heads with me? Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for all that you're doing. Lord, I pray that you would guide us. Help us to grow into a deeper relationship with you. Help us to heal and be transformed by your word and renewed in our mind by your word. Lord, I ask that you would just pour out your spirit upon us. Lord, that you would fill us with your mercy and grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen.